Hey y'all, it's Sophia Celeste and you are listening to the Brown and Bonita podcast. Hey everybody, how are you? How have you been? I hope you're doing well. I have missed you so dearly and I know I start every episode saying that but it's so true because so much has gone on and I just want to tell y'all all about it. I know I sound like a broken record saying this but I do go through periods where I just kind of need to take time to live my life and you know just do the things I have to do like work and quality time with my parents and kind of just remembering to breathe and relax and that's what I've done a lot these last couple months although when I give y'all all my updates um it sounds like a lot there's also been periods of kind of just solitude and taking days off I can't believe it's August, y'all. I feel like it was just January. Look at I feel like it was just 2019. I'm still getting over the fact that we're in the 2020s, okay? Um, yeah, we're already in the eighth month. That's fucking insane. Okay, let's get into some updates because honestly, y'all deserve to know what's been going on. So aside from mental health days and taking, you know, again, taking time to breathe. I've had so many highs this summer where I've just felt really proud of myself for the work I've done in different environments, whether in relationship or professional spaces or in creative ones as well. So first things first, I have been working a big girl-ish job these last few months. I always say ish and my friends are like, girl, it's a big girl job. Big girl panties are on. And I'm like, yeah, but big girl-ish makes it sound a little bit less stressful. And it's not by any means. Um, if anything, it's probably the most gratifying line of work I've ever been a part of. I feel very full at the end of the day and like I'm serving a purpose, which is really, really special because I've talked to so many people where they kind of just go to work to go through the motions and they don't necessarily love the line of work they're in. So being able to say with, you know, my whole chest that I love what I do for a living, that's really fucking special. That's such a such a cool thing to say. I do want to say this because I know she loved my podcast, but um, my grandmother, who was one of the closest people to me, passed away a few months ago, earlier this year. Um, and that was a huge loss for me. And throughout my early 20s, throughout the last couple years of college, I'd call her every few days going through like my little, you know, quarter life crisis being like, no, no, I don't know what I want to do. I want to go through this path, but I also want to travel. But I also could see myself as like a traveling writer or I could see myself doing this or that or whatever, whatever. And she'd always bring me down. She'd be like, you're okay. This is okay. You are young as young can get. And although she'd support whatever I do, she had always told me, she was like, listen, you've taken care of me your whole life. You've taken care of your parents. You've taken care of your brother. You've taken care of your friends. I honestly see you in this life taking care of people. And if you could find a line of work that makes you happy doing that, I think that would be something so special for you. 
And that makes me really emotional saying that because I, you know, a couple months later and it wasn't anything like I was, I was searching for anything, but this beautiful opportunity for the line of work I'm currently in came up and it just felt like everything kind of fell into place in the way that she would have loved and she would have been so proud of me and is probably really proud of me for doing. Oh God, let me not, let me not because that's we not crying here whoo but um yeah so work's been work's been really special I keep work my work kind of private off of any socials and I don't really talk about it super crazy on the podcast but yeah I love my work in creative spaces I was in a couple music videos how cool is that i was a little video vixen y'all i'm telling you let me let me get a couple more let me get a couple more in (laughs) um but no i was in a music video that came out a couple months ago for a very talented artist named eddie zuko um for his song called dude which i love that shit bangs um and it was like the tiniest little cameo but it was so much fun it was such a cool environment to be a part of and yeah, if y'all if y'all haven't seen it, go go watch it. It's fun. Um, and the other music video I was a part of is actually coming out in a few weeks from now. So like late August. <laughs> um, and it's for an artist we love, and is very near and dear to our hearts here on the podcast. So um, I can't wait to share that with y'all. But gotta wait, gotta wait a little bit. And aside from those two really, really cool projects, I was a part of a lot of fun photo shoots this summer for different um, companies and campaigns. And it's so silly for me to say that because I think about the girl who started this podcast a few years ago, a version of me that I barely recognize anymore. Because when I started the podcast, um... I was always debating kind of filming it and maybe putting it on YouTube. I've gotten a a lot of questions about why I haven't yet. And honestly, maybe one of these days I'll really find a time to get a studio and record episodes in there because that would be so cool. That would be such a cool step to take with y'all. But 19, 20-year-old me when I started this was like, nah I'm not recording in front of a camera I hate cameras and now (laughs) and now y'all I get I get really happy to be in front of the camera taking photos and being part of photo shoots for companies that I've loved and you know idolized for years so yeah it's been really cool really fun I'm just really grateful to be there quality time with my family was so special it always is so special and when I say family I don't just mean my blood relatives I mean my chosen family I mean my my homegirls my sisters my brothers you know people I've I've grown up with and people I call my my friends but are also my family um yeah the summer has been really special I feel like I do a really good job about taking time out of my days to call my parents to talk to my brother to call my friends you know and keep them in the loop hear what's going on in their lives but also 
being able to go and travel and see them is unlike anything else I love the bay I talk about it so often I am a bay girl through and through and through and through <laughs> so going home is always really fun and special I did that a couple times and then a couple weeks ago I went on a really fun trip with my dad and my boyfriend <laughs> who are two of my favorite men in this world and I know I've spoken about this a lot, but Spanish is my first language. So being able to go to a place where Spanish is everyone's first language and it's the main language everyone's speaking is unlike anything else. It's very comforting. So I took my boyfriend to Mexico for the first time. Um, I've spent so many years in, in Mexico in a certain region um, because that's where my parents built a house for them to retire in um and it's a really quaint area it's it's very you know it's a very small town so being able to go back and reunite with people I haven't seen or caught up with in a while is also very special and being able to bring my boyfriend into that environment and him getting to meet people who have known me majority of my life is also a really special thing um yeah, it was it was really, really fun. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm like a dad's girl through and through. And my dad's a girl dad <laughs> through and through. He he loves <laughs> he loves spending quality time with me. And in turn he loves spending uh, spending quality time with people I love. So if that's my boyfriend or my or my friends or anything, he's he's just happy to be along for the ride. <laughs> so it was it was just a trip for the books one of my favorite trips ever to be honest and I can't wait to go back it was so much fun (laughs) aside from that I really just want to let y'all know to listen to (laughs) this is so silly to listen to Olivia Dean's album it's called Messy it's my favorite album it came out like a month ago it's been the only thing I've been listening to um and it's just a beautiful piece of work <laughs> so gorgeous um and yeah that's kind of been my hyperfixation this summer my hyperfixation drink <laughs> has been an iced chai latte with oat milk and vanilla sweet cold foam from starbucks hey <laughs> become a starbucks girly i've been converted and do i have anything else i watched modern family I watched 11 seasons of Modern Family in around the span of two months. So that's been also really fun. (laughs) Um, I think that's it for updates and, you know, my hyperfixations of the last two months. But yeah, let's get into it. (laughs) So this episode, episode 2022, hello, 32, hello, (laughs) Um, is titled An Ode to the Brown Girls Who Never Learned to Love Themselves Brown which is an excerpt of a title of a poem hello (laughs) that I wrote forever ago I was 18 I was freshly heartbroken and although I won't give credit to the boy who broke my heart I will say that heartbreak does make you do a lot of of introspection and just overall reflection I wasn't only reflecting on 
how I receive love from other people, I was also starting to come to the realization that I wasn't giving myself the love that I needed. And I hadn't for a very, very long time. And I was trying to figure out where that really started, where that's rooted in. That's kind of where the journey of of healing a lot of things and un unlearning and breaking generational curses kind of started for me this episode I hope is not too heavy I hope it's not too heavy for y'all but it just kind of felt like the right moment to talk about it so yeah this episode is gonna be tackling self-love healing your inner child but but it's also going to be kind of but I'm also going to be talking about my journey since I'm the only one on here um, which is the which is coming from the perspective of an indigenous woman healing her younger self and what that's meant to me and also kind of just talking about indigeneity in general I'm really grateful to 18 year old me for writing this poem because finding it a few weeks ago made me really emotional just kind of want to put that out there for all my indigenous black and brown baddies out there this is for us hello come on we're here <laughs> so I guess before we get into anything really um I'll do the best job I can of introducing myself hello everybody my name is Sofia Celeste I am a proud indigenous Peruvian woman my family and I come from a tribe called Yagua in Iquitos, Peru. That's where my people originate from. I'm a, I'm a jungle woman. <laughs> I've been really lucky in the sense that not only my mom, who's the proving one, but also my dad have always encouraged me to embrace where I come from, embrace my culture, embrace my land. Getting older, I've also learned a lot from, you know going out and doing the work which has been really special in a journey in and of itself because there's some things that you have to unlearn while learning your indigeneity I guess so for me my first language as I've said a million times on here hello is Spanish and I'm really grateful that I'm able to speak two languages but in saying that although Spanish is my first language it's not my native tongue and so over the last couple years, I've gone through different spurts of motivation to learn my native tongue. And these last couple months specifically have been really dedicated. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's really cool to talk about, but have been really dedicated to taking time out of my day to learn my language. Because I only know phrases and, and little things to say. In a lot of indigenous communities, the only people who really know how to speak the native language of said indigenous, native, aboriginal communities are the elders. So being able to take a class from someone who's also around my age and they know the language is really, really special and very, very motivating because... I want to be able to pass down the language of my people to my children one day. So learning my language came later on in my life. And it's still something I'm really trying to navigate and be motivated for and be excited for. And that's not too hard to, 
to be because it's really cool. I'm also really grateful that my parents raised me knowing the traditions and the practices of my people. I'm one of very few people in my family who wasn't raised in Peru. I was in part, but I wasn't there full time. So it kind of made it hard to be a part of constant you know, community. My mom has always been very, very set in her ways to teach me and my brother about where we come from, to be proud of where we come from. And not only that, but know the traditions and the practices and the spirituality that comes. I grew up very, very superstitious. I grew up very, very spiritual, knowing that everything comes from the earth. Growing up and meeting people from different indigenous, native, aboriginal communities, it's so cool to learn the differences, but not only the differences, see the similarities between all of us. Everything derives from the earth and that we are from the land. And giving thanks to the land is a priority for our communities. She'd always tell me that the earth is giving to us and we have to give back to the earth. It's we take care of her and she takes care of us type of type of relationship. And she gives so much. Growing up, we always had our garden. We'd always take care of our garden. My brother and I's chores of of life, even till I go home now, it's water the plants make sure everything's doing okay and now I look back and I smile so much because even when I was going through periods where I wasn't proud of of my indigeneity and I was if anything ashamed of it I always prioritized my relationship with the land and prioritized taking care of what was giving to us and was giving to us so plentifully an indigenous love story because our first love is always our land. Another fond memory and just core moments in my childhood were when my mom would braid my hair. She was so ecstatic when I came out and I was a girl. Um, she would have been happy if I was a boy too because she would have still braided my hair. <laughs> but, so before going to school every day, my mom would, you know, take the time aside to to spend some time in my room kind of make the energy very calm because I was always a very nervous and shy child going to school but she'd take the time to kind of play nice music sit me down at my desk um, and part my hair and braid it my mom would kind of whisper affirmations or say prayers into my hair and that honestly brought me so much joy and so much confidence as a kid as someone who's bullied a lot through elementary school, those words and those prayers got me through a lot, a lot, a lot. I was so proud of my hair for so long. And although there was periods in my life where I wasn't, there was such a long stretch in time where I was. I would walk around with my braids and I think I would think I was the flyest thing since Winx Club, okay? Um and it's because these braids made me confident. My hair made me confident. And I've always been really gracious in the sense that my hair has always been long and dark and thick and coarse and curly. And I know curly girls, this is kind of just a rite of passage. It's a canon event for us. But we go through a period where we don't love our hair. And I went through that in middle and high school. Baby me loved it. I loved my coils, I loved my curlies, 
and my mom also loved it because she doesn't have the same texture as hair as me she has the thick and coarseness and she passed that down but my curlies are from my dad so learning how to take care and manage my hair was also something she had to learn so telling me those affirmations and whispering prayers while she'd take care of my hair in the mornings and then at night as well was not only sacred to her but also sacred to me I don't think indigenous communities are alone in this, but our hair is very significant to our culture. Another thing, this is really random, but I can't wait to get super, super old and have really, really long hair (laughs) for it to just be silver and braided. (laughs) Another way that I tap into my culture that just makes me really happy because I've always been this way is through storytelling. I do it here on the podcast and I've done it my whole life. It's just kind of something that's that's built into me. Um, Growing up, I always had a pen and paper in my hand. I grew up, you know, doing theater, always wanting to be in front of people doing some sort of... (laughs) some sort of something some sort of song and dance some sort of monologue um and looking back although sometimes those those little moments are a little hingy I also look back and feel very very warm and very proud of that little girl for being as confident and and willing to put herself out there and I also just know my ancestors are beaming with pride of of how much I want to talk and and tell and talk story basically but yeah I feel like now the way that I honor storytelling is a lot more calm and it's through podcasting which is really cool because I've I found a little community of people who really enjoy listening and and learning and having conversations which is really special so now I kind of want to tap into some of the things that inspired the poem that I wrote the ode to the brown girls who never learned to love themselves brown because although that might mean something to someone else it means something complete it could mean something completely different to me I was writing that from a place of of hurt and confusion I was at a point where I didn't feel like I was worthy of very much anything, whether love from another person or love from myself or love from my community. I've spoken about this on other episodes, but I was really, really broken down by bullying. As I mentioned, um, my mom braiding my hair, that was kind of a saving grace for me. That felt and brought me a lot of confidence. There came a breaking point where I stopped wearing my hair in braids and I'd put it in a ponytail or a bun and I'd keep it out of my face and I didn't want to see my hair. And then at some point I learned what a straightener was and then I started straightening my hair and then I found out what dyeing your hair was and I started doing that and then I learned what chemically straightening your hair could do. And for me, that was those years were very low for me because I was not only not taking care of myself, I was 
ashamed and hiding a really big asset of myself broke me down to a point where I didn't even feel comfortable or confident to wear my hair in a way that my people have worn their hair for years I'm gonna try and be very gentle with the way I say these next things because I know religion is very meaningful to some people and I think religion is very beautiful in a lot of ways in the same way I think it could be flawed in a lot of ways as well but I went to a catholic private school in middle and high school and for me that was very contradicting to the way I was I was raised you know I grew up very spiritual and not only that but I think within my community and within many indigenous and aboriginal and native communities there's a lot of trauma connected to catholicism and christianity so for me those schools and those experiences brought up a lot of trauma within myself but not only me personally um also brought up generational and intergenerational pains and traumas that i wasn't aware of till being placed in those situations going to those schools i got to learn a lot hey and i also have unlearned a lot hey another thing that made me feel a lot less than as an indigenous woman was the topic of blood quantum i have been on both sides of that as i got older and not only older but when i was a kid i went through periods where i felt very alone in my experience as an indigenous woman or as an indigenous child because i wasn't fully i was half um and therefore in my mind at that point I was like well am I even worthy of calling myself Jawa am I you know worthy of saying that I am indigenous am I even indigenous um can I say these things can I not and can I learn the language am I overstepping and that was such a weird thing to go through because I thought I wasn't worthy of taking up space in my own community. And on the flip side of it, someone on my dad's side of the family made an ill attempt at a joke. And I won't say exactly what she said just to kind of keep the peace. But when I tell my friends and, and family now, I make light of it by saying that she called my brother and I mudbloods. And if y'all have not watched Harry Potter, that's kind of a rude derogatory term basically saying someone is mixed with wizard blood and and muggle blood so they kind of ruin the bloodline and they got dirty blood <laughs> um but you know me being young and hearing that made me go into a whole other deep soul search of being like well i i do have dirty blood I did ruin their bloodline. I did, you know, I should be ashamed of this other side of me because it's not right and it's gross and it's something I shouldn't be proud of being. So I've been on both sides of that. And both of those have been varied experiences. That was a very shitty thing to hear at such a young age, but not only at such a young age, at a point where I was very impressionable and very sensitive to my identity as a mixed indigenous woman because I was trying to find my foot in 
and where I stood, if I could even call myself indigenous. And then at that point, she told me I was too indigenous. I had been kind of having this battle in my head of how much space is too much space for me to be taking up in my own community. This woman's telling me I'm too much. I'm too much and not only too much, but I ruined something that was so pure and so clean. So that's something that I struggled with for a very long time. And I kind of went back and forth with that battle for for quite a few years until I realized I don't give a damn what that woman says. Because end of the day, if you are indigenous, you are indigenous through and through. You should be proud of where you come from. You should be proud of who you are. You should be proud of your practices, proud of your people, proud of your land. I'm so grateful that I've gotten to that point. And more than anything, I really wish I could give that little girl a hug for all these things she was thinking, all these things she was going through in her own mind that were from outside sources, that were from her own, you know, evil <laughs> evil dark side of herself more than anything i'm i'm trying to love on myself current me but also love on those versions of myself that didn't have an ounce of love or pride or care for the woman and the kid that they were so before i close out this episode i did just kind of want to put out there if anyone wants to read listen or watch anything by indigenous creatives i wanted to put it out there because these are some of my favorite things i'll start off with books some of my favorite books that come to mind when i think of my indigeneity and things that have made me smile cry and learn a lot is the book clearing the plains the other book is called the rough faced girl which is a book i've read so many times growing up as a child um and it's just still one of those things that holds a very special place in my heart um and lastly recovering the sacred so if anyone wants to read indigenous bodies of work by indigenous bodies hey there you go um, my favorite show when it comes to Indigenous creatives and just telling Indigenous stories in a way that's not necessarily making you feel bad for us, but kind of just laughing along with us is Reservation Dogs. It's such a fucking funny show. It's They're in their third season, which is fucking crazy. And they're about to finish very soon, but it has been such a beautiful journey along with them. And I just feel really proud watching it. And lastly, if y'all want to listen to another podcast run by Amazing Indigenous Women, this is one of my favorite, and they drop episodes weekly, if not bi-weekly. But it's called We Are Resilient. Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. It was definitely a change in pace, but I'm really grateful for the people who have stuck through and have listened and have learned and are coming out the other side knowing a little bit more about me and my people um thank y'all really this episode has meant so much to me and i'm i'm grateful for y'all sticking through um if y'all want to listen to any of our other episodes we are on any and every podcasting streaming platform 
that is out there and that's such an honor and such a blessing to say some of my favorites are spotify anchor and apple podcasts um if y'all want to keep up to date when i'm not posting episodes you can follow my personal instagram that's sophia darling underscore and if y'all want to keep up to date with more podcast related stuff we do have an instagram it's brown e bonita that's b-r-o-w-n-y-b-o-n-i-t-a that's b-r-o-w-n-y-b-o-n-i-t-a and aside from that i really don't have too much to kind of keep y'all in the loop about um if y'all are feeling supportive go write a review on apple or on spotify i am a words of affirmations girly so it makes me really really happy reading what y'all have to say about the pod it makes me really just super smiley and giddy to know that y'all are receiving it in such a such a special way and aside from that i guess i'll talk to you the next time i talk to you thank y'all for listening bye